You're about to hear a challenging message from Pastor Josh Burks at the Ashburn Baptist Church, Chicago, Illinois. Amen. Man, it was an awesome time worshiping with you guys today. How many of you believe that God can move mountains? Do you believe that? Give a sound to God today. Man, I do too. How many of you believe that God can move the mountain of racial division in our world? Anybody believe that? Man, I believe that. Anybody believe that God can move the mountains that are surrounding us in our communities and our, our families and take those things down? How many of you believe that God can do great things? If you believe that, raise your hand up. Man, I love that. You know what we call this? We call this crazy faith. That's what we've been talking about, crazy faith for the last three weeks, and we're going to continue talking about it right now. Here's how we've defined it. Crazy faith is thoughts and actions that lack reason, but trusting fully in what we cannot explicitly prove. We've talked about crazy faith. We've talked about lazy faith. We've talked about baby faith, and today... We got another one for you. Man, I'm pumped about this one. This is the last one. We're, today we're going to be talking about daily faith. Everybody say daily faith. Daily faith. Daily faith. We believe that daily faith is fearlessly having the courage to consistently let God have control. Fearlessly having the courage to let God have control. Daily faith. You ever checked out some of the weird words to describe fear? Like, how about this one? Ophidiophobia. That is the fear of snakes. Does anybody have the fear of snakes in the house today? Fear of snakes, just rose, few others, no snakes, man. How about this one? Acrophobia. That's the fear of heights. Anybody who's afraid of heights, like, does not your, wow, you wussies, unbelievable. How about this one? Aerophobia. The fear of flying. How many of you are like, I'm not getting on that plane, not today, no sir. How about this one? Astrophobia. That's the fear of thunder and lightning. Cockophobia, that's the fear of being ugly. Some of you might need that fear. Yo, how about this one? We've got ideophobia, that's the fear of having ideas. Levophobia, the, idea, the fear of anything on the left side of your body. Like, yo, whoa, always afraid of everything going on on the left side. Or aphidiophobia, that's the fear of teenagers. Or agoraphobia, that's an interesting one. Agoraphobia, that's the fear of losing control. I think that's a really interesting one because I think a lot of people have spiritual agoraphobia. Spiritually, we're afraid of what it looks like if we lose control of our own life. And maybe even part of that's understandable right now. Like if you're in junior high, high school, elementary, and you have kids, your whole life just got flipped upside down. You're about to try to figure out what it looks like to do online learning for an entire quarter. And some of you parents are nervous. Man, all because of a pandemic. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us have been forced to work from home. Race riots are happening all across our country. You can be murdered on a street corner by somebody who's meant to protect you. You can be hated by millions just because of your profession, even if you're doing it well Like, we're living in really frightening times, dangerous days. So how in the world do we live fearlessly in a frightening world? How do we have daily faith in dangerous days? Well, I think we find the answer in Matthew chapter number 14. So if you have your Bible, open them up to there, Matthew chapter number 14. Jesus had just finished performing what is maybe one of the most well-known miracles that he would ever perform 
Jesus just took the lunch of a single boy, some loaves, and some fishes, and he fed 5,000 men with one lunch. What an incredible miracle. We're right on the heels of that story, and what follows is another incredible story of faith. An incredible story of faith. And I think in this story of faith, God lays out how you and I can live fearlessly. How you and I can have daily faith in our own life. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22, the Bible says, immediately he. Immediately he. Who is he? Well, he is Jesus. And at this point, I want you to hear about this Jesus. At this point in his life, Jesus had already fed 5,000. Jesus had already healed a man with a withered hand. Jesus had already healed two blind men. He'd already healed a man who could not speak. He already healed a woman who had a disease that was going to kill her. He already healed two men possessed with demons. He already calmed a storm. He already healed a paralytic. He already healed a leper. And the Bible says several others. This is Jesus. Sure, this guy was fully man, but he was also fully God. God of the universe, the God who spoke the world into motion, the creator and the sustainer of life, the one who calls himself the way, the truth, the life, the savior, the redeemer, the refuge, the strong tower, the master of the seas, the same Jesus we just talked about who is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. This is Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords. This is the same Jesus who left a perfect heaven to come to an imperfect earth, to die for a group of people so full of sin that they deserve no such gift. This is the same Jesus who lived just over 30 perfect years on this earth before being wrongfully accused by those same sinful men and sentenced to die the same death that they deserved. This is the same Jesus who took the nails into his feet and into his hands. This is the same Jesus who took a crown of thorns upon his head this is the same Jesus who breathed his final breath and with that breath paid for the, for the entire humanity a price that they could not pay themselves. This is the same Jesus who died for you, who died for me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him will be saved. Whoever believes in your heart and confesses with your mouth the Lord Jesus will be saved, and I want you to understand something today. To live a life of daily faith, we must have Jesus. Every great story of faith begins with Jesus Christ, and your story of faith must begin with Jesus. You must begin your story of faith with Jesus Christ, and some of you maybe have been battling it through the series. Maybe some of you are even sitting in your seat right now battling that concept because there you are trying to do life on your own while Jesus is crying out to you to the heavy laden saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. I'll give you salvation. And I want you to know I came to tell you today, you can't do life on your own. You can't. You need this Jesus. You need this way, this truth, and this life. Bruce Larson tells how he helped people who were struggling with this very concept to surrender their life to Jesus entirely. He worked in New York City, and whenever he'd have a counseling session with somebody who came into his office who was struggling to surrender their life to Jesus, he would take them across the street where there was an, a man named Atlas, perhaps you've heard of him. He was a, a man who was perfectly sculpted and, and muscular, who was holding the entire weight of the world on his shoulders, and you saw every muscle bulging. You saw every single ounce of his energy being put into holding the earth up on his shoulders. Bruce would point up to that man, Atlas, and say, you can try to live your life like that, 
carrying the weight of your own world on your shoulders. He'd then leave that building and go back across the street where there was a small parish, and in the backyard, in the courtyard, there was a, a boy Jesus, eight or nine years old, holding the world in his hand. When they arrived at that statue, Bruce had pointed this boy, Jesus, eight or nine years old, with the world in his hand, and he'd say, you can live your life trying to carry the weight of the world on your own shoulders, or you can give your life to the man who holds the world in his hand. And I want you to understand that same truth today. You can try to live this life on your own. You can try to get through life being the best person you can, but if you try to do life on your own and you try to do life without Jesus and you get to the end of your life without him, you will spend eternity without him in a place called hell. And the Bible says that he loves you so much that he died for you so that you don't have to pay that price because he already paid it. He's offering it to you as a free gift. And if you want your story of faith, daily faith, to begin, every great story of faith begins with Jesus. Begins with Jesus. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to mess up. He's never going to let you down. He's there. The story continues in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22, where the Bible says, immediately Jesus, man, that's how you know this is about to be a great story of faith, made the disciples get into the, what's that next word? Do you guys see it? Check out this boat. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It's hard to sit sometimes. Every great story of faith begins with Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, time for you to get into the boat. Jesus says, get into the boat. Go on to the other side. I'm going to catch up with you. He says, Jesus, get into the boat. Go before him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, continuing to read, he dismissed the crowds. He went up into the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land. It was beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Hold on a minute. Jesus, the perfect sustainer of life, the one who knows all things, just told the disciples to get into a boat without him, go on to the other side, and waiting in the middle of the sea is a storm. You get that, right? Jesus just sent his disciples into the struggle. Just sent his disciples into the waves, into the wind, into the difficulty. Why in the world would Jesus, the Almighty One, the one with all knowledge, do that? Understand this today. It's because to experience daily faith in our own life, we must be willing to face storms. We have to be. We have to be willing and we have to be okay with understanding that in our life we're going to face difficulty. We're going to face trouble. And some of you in this room are very understanding of that. You know what trouble looks like. You know about difficulty. Because all week long, you and your wife have been fighting, and you don't know if you're going to make it. Oh, you know about trouble. You know about difficulty because recently you lost a loved one. Someone who was taken from you far too soon in your mind. You know about trouble. You know about struggle because a family member just stabbed you in the back. The person who was supposed to be the closest to you is now somebody who's distant from you. There's a wall around your relationship. Some of us in this room are carrying so much pain and so much bag baggage that we don't even know what to do with it. We're struggling because in our minds we're dealing with depression and we're dealing with anxiety and we're facing trial after trial after trial and difficulty after difficulty after difficulty and when life finally starts to get good, all of a sudden we hit another storm. 
Here come the waves. Here comes the wind. Here comes the difficulty. And you know what's really sad? A lot of turnaround happens at turmoil. Like when we as Christians hit tough times, you know what happens a lot of times? We turn around and head back. We stop. But I want you to know something today. Maybe, maybe there is difficulty, but maybe the difficulty is part of the design. Maybe the setback has significance. Maybe the obstacle is an opportunity. Maybe in the middle of your storm, God has a hand-tailored miracle just for you. Everybody say, a miracle in the madness. A miracle in the madness. I want you to know something today. A lot of times when you face storms, it's because God has a miracle in the middle of your trouble, waiting for you, and he has put you into that place to develop you, and I know that because James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into difficulty, knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Jesus has sent his disciples, and he has sent you into a storm because he knows that you can handle it with him. And he knows that in the middle of that storm, he's got a miracle waiting for you that you can't even imagine. It's just going to take a little bit of crazy faith to experience it. You know, for the past two years, I've faced more difficulty and trouble than I could even begin to talk about. Like I lost both grandparents, two, two, two grandpas. Never lost anybody close to me before. That sucked. <laughs> I was a youth pastor for the past four or five years at Orland, and there was a girl named Tara. She just graduated high school, the best person you'd ever meet. The month after she graduated, God took her home. That was hard. Man, Satan has been getting more victories than I can even begin to describe in our church, which is really sad. And man, it started weighing on me. I was frustrated with it. I was done with it. Honestly, I was ready to run from it. But I'm so glad I didn't. Because in the middle of my storm, guess what was waiting for me? A miracle. Just a couple months ago, God threw the door open to this campus. And we're already seeing God do some pretty crazy things. Can I just tell you how happy I am that I had people surrounding me that would not let me turn back? And listen, today, I want to be that same encouragement to you. Don't turn back. The storm is part of the whole design. It has significance. There's, the difficulty is part of that design. Don't run away from it. Welcome those storms. Embrace them. The disciples get into a storm, and they are facing maybe the storm of their life, and all of a sudden, they see at first what they think is a ghost. They start to freak out. Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. It's me. It's Jesus. And I love the miracle that we're about to experience. It is one of the coolest miracles in all the Bible. The Bible says this in verse 28. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you in the water. Jesus said, come on. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. Oh, don't miss this, guys. Peter steps out of the ship. And he starts walking on water. Don't miss it. The storm is still happening around him. Jesus didn't tell the storm to go away yet. The waves are still going on. The winds are still going on. The rains are still pouring down. Peter has stepped out of the boat. He is now walking on the water that was once his difficulty. Understand that one of the greatest miracles that we can ever experience is when God gives us the grace to step out and walk all over our problems. 
When God gives us the strength to step out of our comfort zone and walk all over that difficulty and that setback that seems to be holding us back all these years, when God gives us the grace to step out of our struggle and to walk on our frenemies and to walk on our enemies and to walk on our difficulty, and I want you to know that God's gonna give you that same grace in your trouble. He's gonna give you that same grace in your struggle. Don't be afraid of storms. Be ready to take a step. Peter steps out, starts walking all over his problem, but it would have never happened if he didn't step out of the boat. And I want you to know today, to experience daily faith in our life, do you know what we must be willing to do? We must be willing to take a step. We gotta be willing to take a step. Maybe somebody in this room today needs to take a step. Maybe you need to take a step and put your faith in Jesus to save you. You've been trusting in yourself a long time, but today's the day you're going to take that step and say, Jesus, I'm trusting in you completely. Maybe you're saved, but you've never been baptized, and it's time for you, by faith, to step out of your comfort zone and be baptized in a membership and fellowship with the church. Maybe it's time for you to take a step of faith and make your Bible a priority in your life. Don't be afraid to take that step. What's crazy, though, is some of us are so afraid of losing control of our life, spiritual agoraphobia, that we never step out of our own boat. We never take the step. We don't want to give up our life. We don't want to lose control of our relationships. We don't want to lose control of our friendships. We don't want things to be in jeopardy because out there is scarier than in here. I know that this is going to be safe. I know that this is secure. I don't know about this, and so we'll never take that step. And I know that's true because we find that Peter steps out of the boat, but guess what? There's 11 other disciples in that boat. I try to put myself in that situation. Like if I were there and I saw Peter faithfully step out of the boat, and I'm still in the boat, and I see Peter walking on water. Do you know what I'm saying? Yo, Jesus, my turn. Like, give me a chance. Like, I don't even know if I would have waited for him to say, come. I might have just been like, oh, I got to try this. What's up with this water? I got to give this a shot. But what's crazy is, spiritually speaking, a lot of us are still sitting in the boat, watching a lot of other people around us in this own church take steps of faith from the comfort of our own zone. Oh, look at that. They got saved. Oh, look at that. They're on fire from God. We never take the step. Can I just tell you, whatever's keeping you from taking that step today is not worth it. Because the miracle that you're about to experience is so much greater than the comfort you're experiencing right now. Can I tell you a few stories about some men and women who chose to take a step of faith out of their comfort zone? Do you know today there are over 50,000 churches in Burma? Because in the early 1800s, a man named Adoniram Judson stepped out of the boat and became a missionary there. Even though his family didn't want him to go, even though he faced more difficulties than I can even describe, today over 50,000 churches because of him. Because God used him because he stepped out of his boat. In the 1900s in Chicago, tens of thousands were saved because a man named D.L. Moody, by faith, stepped out of his boat, started something new called Sunday school. Wales in 1859, a small group of people step out of their boat and they start gathering and holding prayer meetings, asking God to start a revival, and then God does. Becomes one of the most raw, authentic, real revivals this world has ever seen. 
because some men and women took a step. L.A., 1949, a man named Billy Graham stepped out of his boat and he started something called the Youth for Christ where thousands of young people would be saved. You know, this story is not yet told. But what about a man or woman sitting in this room today who's about to take the step of a lifetime out of their own comfort zone, taking a step of faith? What's God going to do with you? How, how is God going to bless your step? All to Jesus I surrender. What would it look like if you stepped out of your boat? How would your community be different? Hey, if you stepped out of your boat, how would your family be different? How would your friends be different if you stepped out of your comfort zone, taking a step of faith every single day? I wish this was the end of the story because, wow, what a powerful story. But it's not. See, the Bible says in verse 30, but when he saw the wind, Peter, he was afraid. He begins to sink. He cries out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reaches out his hand and takes hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter starts walking to Jesus. He's walking on water. All of a sudden, he takes his focus off of Jesus. I imagine Peter stopping, maybe even for a moment, trying to retreat to his boat where he felt more comfortable. And he starts to sink. He stops living fearlessly. You know, to live a life of daily faith, man, you gotta, be, you gotta have Jesus. You gotta be willing to face storms. You gotta be okay with taking steps. But you also have to be determined to stay, to continue, to keep on going. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're being stirred by God himself to take that next step of faith. And maybe you even step out into the aisle today. Maybe you step up to the front or step to the back and pray with somebody. Maybe you take some steps in your personal life this week. But what's gonna happen when you hit another storm this week? Are you going to stop? Are you going to retreat? Or are you going to keep going? We must be willing to stay. My family had a close friend for the past several years. His name is Ryan. God saved Ryan's life. What a story of redemption. That's what Jesus does. It's awesome. Ryan struggled with addiction, and Ryan struggled with, with so many different things. But God saved him. Those addictions started to fall off. Those struggles started to fall off, and Ryan every day was just taking daily steps of faith towards God. He started traveling around with my dad in, in, in ministry and started preaching on Sundays. And guys, Ryan was so gifted. Man, whenever Ryan preached, you knew God was just speaking through him and using him. He had more verses memorized than I do by a long shot. He could tell stories and illustrations of the truth he was teaching that were just captivating. It was incredible. God started using him and churches even started to call Ryan saying, Ryan, we want you to come be our pastor. And Ryan was beginning some of those conversations with churches when all of a sudden Ryan hit a storm, some struggles. And, and that storm was probably allowed by God. But when Ryan hit that storm, he started to experience some bad things in his own life. Like he got mono twice. He had bed bugs. He had his apartment broken into his whole life just kind of got turned around in a matter of a week. In those moments of pain and difficulty, Ryan, Ryan just looked back to his old lifestyle and just went one night to a bar. No big deal. But that one night turned into the next night, into the next night, and then he started needing something a little bit harder, so he fell back into some of his addictions he used to have. And Ryan's minor look back turned into a major setback. 
Before Ryan knew it, Ryan was running from God back to his comfort zone, back to his boat. His whole life had been turned upside down and ruined. I'll tell you this much, Satan didn't tempt Ryan with that life. Nobody wants that life. No, Satan just tempted Ryan to look back. And I want to challenge you and encourage you in something today. If God is stirring in you and working in you right now to take a step of faith, you take that step of faith. And then when God works in you and encourages you again, you continue to take steps of faith. And you just keep on stepping. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Be determined to stay. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on working. Keep on going. Keep on surrendering every single part of your life to God. Don't quit. Be determined to stay. Don't let Satan have that victory. Don't retreat. Continue. Philippians says it. It says continue. Continue. Consider everything that I made my own. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. And I press towards the mark, towards the high calling of God. Church, I wonder today, are we ready to have daily faith? Faith that's okay with facing storms. Faith that's okay with taking steps. And faith that's just determined to stay. God, do something crazy. Moving us and working us like crazy. Thank you for listening. If you don't already have a church home, please join us for one of our upcoming worship experiences. We would love to connect with you. Ashburn is a wonderful community where you can grow in faith. You can follow us at ashburnbaptist.chicago or visit at 3647 West 83rd Street, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you.